Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Now, what I am seeing and the topic of today's video is this here. We're, I'm seeing actually a war going on in society over this idea of how do we help all of these lay talkers shift from the behavior that they're using, that they're being judged for, that they're being labeled by, that's keeping them out of opportunities. It's keeping them out of schools. It's keeping schools judging them to be less intelligent, less brilliant in their ideas, less imaginative, and even less able to sit and pay attention than they actually are. Because in a lot of cases, in most cases, as I have learned over the years, and I'm seeing more and more and more in this time, these lay talkers who were isolated as a result of the pandemic, who were kept in um, therapies that they did not appreciate, that were limiting to them. They're feeling the freedom right now of the break from all those things. And I know that there are parents who are feeling this too. However, on the therapist end of things, there's a lot of turmoil going on. I'm seeing everything from therapists wanting to leave the practice completely, like they want to get out of these schools because they don't want to be set inside of ABA classrooms anymore. They don't want to be isolated. They don't want the um, parents coming at them, more and more parents saying, my child is super late. They need more therapy. They deserve more of you. There's just a not enough of them to go around. The paperwork is overwhelming them and the methods are not feeling good for them. However, there are other people who are holding desperately on to the things that they're doing right now. They're telling parents with fear, if you leave me now, you won't be able to come back. Parents are confused because therapists are fighting. Literally, some parents don't like it and they're leaving. Some therapists don't like these systems, these evidence-based things, the things that are going on in schools and therapy centers, the things that the insurance is paying for the things that the grant money bought you, the things that your child's diagnosis qualified you to get, people, including the therapists that are working in those in those places, are not happy with them. And then they're fighting with other ones. Those who have shifted into more natural, socially based, they're reconnecting, they're helping these kids reconnect back into society through gentle means without making them work for connection, but giving them connection based on their wants and needs, seeing them as inclusive in their educational environments. These people are, even these therapists and teachers are running into resistance from these folks that are holding desperately on to different kinds of evidence-based strategies. And what I'm seeing is there's three camps that are happening right now in the world of speech therapy, um, speech acquisition, because it's not just speech therapists, it's developmental therapists in the early intervention world who are seeing these kids because there aren't enough speech therapists. 
therapists to see all of them. So it's developmental therapists. It's people who are teaching speech as a second language. It's people who are preschool teachers who've got all these late talkers coming into their classrooms now. It's the people who are the diagnosticians who are in, char in charge of seeing what's really going on with these kids. And they see that it isn't really anything physically, emotionally, or cognitively wrong with these kids, but it's their environment has been lacking or that they're just overwhelmed by their environment that they can't even look at each child as an individual. There's too many kids. All of this chaos, right, is going on. So what I just want to share with you is these three camps as I'm seeing them. And then, of course, you know which camp I'm in, but I just want to talk to you really briefly about what these three camps are so that you can see for yourself which one of these camps do you want to focus on. Because remember, there's a a lot of arguing going on and there's a lot of people among the groups even in the therapy groups people will start to therapists are starting to beat up other therapists i mean this is what happened to me when i shifted away from some of these evidence-based things but everyone's feeling very vulnerable and they're feeling very uh put down and abused because remember all of these therapists and teachers and these are professionals who have worked very hard to go to school to learn what they learn a system that that is unable to meet all of the needs. Remember, these kids need two to three hours every day of somebody working with them to help them shift their spoken language, their nonverbal communication into spoken language. And depending on the model or the method that these people are using, you'll see in your own experience. It, now, if you're a provider, you'll see these three different camps and you'll see where you fit in those camps. And then, like I said, what I'm seeing is that parents are observing their therapists being dissatisfied in their work. They don't see them showing up ready to be excited and engaged and work with their child. They see them as overwhelmed and stressed and limited and busy and um, you know, canceling therapy to have meetings and doing all these other kinds of things because it's just breaking down. So this is potentially why it's breaking down because maybe one or the other of these um, situations has been presented to you by a therapist and presented to you by your employer or the place that you went to go work. And that's why you're leaving the place you're going to work because there is a war going on right now about speech and providers like me I'm trying to stay in my own lane. So after we talk about what these three camps are, I'm going to be talking a little bit about what I recommend you do, whether you have a late talker or you work with late talkers. I'll get into my recommendation. I'll tell you what I'm doing to win this war over speech because I'm not going to fight actually in it. I'm just going to win through keeping on my own lane, and I'll show you how to do that. So the first thing I want to talk about the first camp here is speech development through practice, okay? This is the tried and true. This is what I was kind of taught in school. It's the typical speech therapy route. Um, they write these goals and the 
activities of the therapy. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about methods here is what happens every day in or every session, because I don't know how every day or how often these therapists are meeting with their the children who are late talking, but what they're doing in their period of time, whether it's 20 minutes in a group of kids at a school, or it's one-on-one for two hours, or it's every day, it's at your house, it's you drop them off at the clinic, wherever it is, this is the mindset, the method that the therapist is using. They're trying to get as many elicited outputs. Ultimately, even if they're working on a receptive language goal, the only way they know if your child is doing it is if they're performing either a verbal or nonverbal language. So that's the only way they know. So they'll ask them, you know, to answer questions or they'll ask them to respond to prompt, you know, do this or say this kinds of things, because that's the only way they know if the child is performing to the goals. And again, it's imitation or production saying, and it could be sounds, it could be signs, it could be labels, it could be choices. So labels might be touching a picture or um, making a choice. Do you want this or this? You know, all of those things are that maximum output because that's how progress is judged by that person's whoever's judging that therapist to see, is this working, right? Because that's what it is. The method of speech development, is it working to somehow elicit through whatever method that therapist is inclined to, and all of them are different, the the maximum amount of imitation or production. So again, it's just output of the child. It can be verbal or not nonverbal, but they want more. When I do this, the child does this in a higher percentage of time. And it's controlled because it's measured because the payers for this kind of traditional therapy insist on data. So that's why it's going, you're going to be, they're always going to be looking at what is your child doing? What are they able to do or not able to do? Most of the time, like I said, depending on the goals that they write, that is the method, okay? So now we're going to move on to method number two. Method number two is the speech development through exchange, which is could be sort of put in the category of verbal behavior um, or verbal communication or PECs, which is the picture exchange communication, because remember, this is development through exchange. Kids learn that certain, remember, either verbal behavior, saying a word, which is a verbal behavior, or a verbal behavior could be handing, because this isn't just pointing, that is also a verbal behavior, but ultimately they want it to expand into some kind of exchange. So I'm pointing to the picture so that you will give me something or so that you will do something or so that I can get something. So there's always a reason for me to do it. It's not just like in the first method, it was because the therapist made it fun. So that's like drill work and say these cards so that you can get, say all 10 in a row, woo woo, you did it. No, this is different. Like you get it because you get something for it. Even if it's a good job, you get the good job or you get the uh, with this exchange 
thing. And so ultimately what it is, is these verbal behavior or behavioral exchange. I see something up high. So I have to come to you to ask you to go get it. That's the exchange. You keep things out. So it motivates me to exchange some kind of, so it's all based on wants and needs because there is no exchange when you um, want to get to feeling. So this is where it could break down if your child is able to get needs based. Maybe they evolve these pictures or whatever um, signs or whatever they use, verbal behavior, whatever verbal behavior they were using in exchange. When I point, I get it. If I don't point, I don't get it. That's this thing. Um, because that teaches a child that that's why we talk because it helps us get things. It helps us get things to start. It helps us get things to stop. It helps us get our needs met and kids do develop. Remember all of these work to get some kids talking. Like I said, they're motivated by the therapist and they love her so much that they say those words enough times. That's the motor memory kicking in and they remember how to say those words. But <clears throat> in both of these first two ways, there is another step that comes next to actually make it functional and independent. But both of these methods are being used because they do elicit speech. I'm not saying that they don't work to make kids talk. I'm just saying that parents are not wanting to stay with them because they see that these methods are creating speech, but it is a verbal behavior. It only happens in these controlled environments when there is either somebody doing something really fun that the child wants to participate in, like the, the therapist number one or therapist number two, they're just in it for the reward, right? They just want to get what they get and they only do it to get the reward or the break from the work because, again, it's in exchange for work, you get the reward. So it's very much like the factory worker mindset. I'll go because I really want my paycheck. And, and in fact, I can't even live without it because in many cases, that exchange-based stuff is just really based on the things the kids really do want and need. Otherwise, they're not going to be motivated. If it's not something they really want and need, they'll tap out and go find it themselves, you see. And that's why these things break down, number one and number two break down, because once a child does become independent, they separate from those controlled situations. And then those control therapists lose power over influence, over helping these child these kids improve. And so they feel the detachment from the child and that fear that comes into therapist one and therapist two, they will lash out at other people because these parents are leaving them. The parents want to stop. And so they say, well, you'll lose your spot in our wait list, or this is the evidence way. And this is the only way that your, ther your insurance will pay for. And they'll use all these fear-based things to get you to come back because remember all the only time they can make improvement is when the child shows up up to this structured place where they either have the power to withhold the things from the child that they want, because at home, if they can get into the things that they want, that's why these methods will break down. They won't go get the picture book if they can just go get the item themselves, right? So that's what's happening. But you remember, these pro providers, just like I said before, have gone to school. They are very firmly... Um, 
they believe in their methods because they have watched children change from nonverbal to verbal. They can request anything they want, but remember these therapists, their mindset is very limited to their controlled environment. They don't see what you see in an everyday environment. Now let's talk about number three, the third camp about all of this is when um, we have the speech development through social connections and intensive exposure to natural gestalt language models. And this happens during natural language facilitation, during the NLA people who are doing this national gestalt, using Barry Present, using the floor time method, using the DIR, using the, um, even the people who are doing facilitate communication it's not really called that so much more as, as much as it is rapid prompting method and spell to speak these are facilitators teachers therapists nannies moms dads um cousins brothers sisters these are people who are helping facilitate speech development just through the social connections that they can offer the child. And they all offer some unique social development. What they do is they talk about what they know. So if it's just like the old days, you send your child over to auntie so-and-so and she taught him how to, um, you know, cook. And she taught him over uncle so-and-so and he taught him how to work on cars. And you taught him how this auntie taught you how to garden. And I can teach you how to sew, you know, and that's kind of the old school way of how did kids learn their everyday lives and the things that parents could teach, they did things like teeth brushing and um, keeping your, your whole body clean, washing clothes, taking care of your um, personal items, your toys, cleaning the house, keeping care of animals. If you live on a farm or even your pets or things like that, doing prayers and engaging in your um, religious ceremonies and cultural things that are going on, you know, going to church, all of that stuff. This is where the people in a lay talker's life have influence over speech development. And these people are fighting with those people who are doing the exchange base because those other people, they've got a lot of, of degrees behind their name. They've got a lot of time and effort and energy spent in their education. These th speech therapists who are doing that um, imitation more, get more results, get more output, get more whatever that makes you look good as a therapist if the child is doing more versus the exchange of we have to figure out everything the child wants and needs and keep it away from them so they're motivated to share that speech and then and then the other one of just let's figure out what's necessary for this child to communicate today and facilitate the speech around that. And tomorrow, if it's different, we'll facilitate that. And the next day, if it's different, we'll facilitate that. And guarantee there's things that'll come up day after day after day after day, problems you want to solve, because that's what I find. Parents come to me not wanting their child to say all the lists of, of letters, that words that start with the letter R, or all of the kitchen items or all of the animals that live in the zoo. I mean, they like that they can do those things, but that's not 
what they need for them to learn at home. They need them to learn how to identify where their clothes are and not mom or dad's clothes. They need to identify what, why it's important to keep your face clean and your hands clean, especially with all the flu going around right now and winter time around the world or summertime where you are. It, all the different things that are happening around in your life. If it's too hot and we've got to go inside or we've got to drink more water or it's too cold, and we've got to put on our mittens and wear our scarves. These are the things that you can facilitate spoken language every day for. And if other people are getting in your way, right, if they're trying to say, well, why aren't you using these other things? Because these other things work to get kids talking and maybe your kid's not talking as much or whatever. Other people are trying to get you to move into their camp, but they don't feel good to you. Here's my suggestion for you, okay? This is what I did. It was five years ago now that I did decided that I don't want to do it anymore. I couldn't find a place to work in the system where it wasn't either number one or number two was expected of me by my employer, by the people who were paying. It could have even been an individual family that was paying me to go to their home. If they were not in the mindset of number three, they didn't match with me. They were looking for a number one kind of therapist or a number two kind of therapist because they're feeling the need to hear their kid talk. They're feeling the need to hear their kids say words and they're willing to give up the control and give up the natural and give up the patience and give up the connection all of that because they're desperate they're worried they're afraid about that stuff they're in the fix my kid mindset they don't believe how powerful they are as a language facilitator there are people out there today. In fact, it's probably at least one third of the population of parents of kids who don't talk, in my experience, of talking with thousands of language facilitators over the past five years in YouTube videos and getting comments and getting emails and working with hundreds of clients around the world. This is, I know, what's happening. This war is going on and parents have a choice. You can go, you can engage in the fray, you can even get it in the groups, you can waste your time explaining why your connection with your child has got you more results than something else, but it's not worth it. I recommend you don't. I recommend you let it go. Let the war go on around you, the people who are worried about it, because I also know that there's a lot of people who are leaving just like I did. I had the foresight to do it five years ago because I saw this coming, and now I know that there are therapists leaving every day because they don't want to do it. They don't feel like they got into speech therapy to connect with people and they don't feel like they can find a place anywhere that they can do this. And so they're leaving. They're trying to figure out how to do it. And I encourage you, if you are interested in learning how to adapt your practice to attract the families like I have who watch my channel, who want someone in their home. I don't work in their home, but you might work in homes. You might be a nanny. You might be a speech therapist. You might be a developmental therapist. You might even be a reformed BCBA. Like you went to the school, you 
realized you didn't like it and you want to do things differently. You don't want to withhold a child's favorite things. You want to engage with those things and talk with these kids about them. You want to empower them. Maybe you yourself are on the spectrum and you have been a late talker or a lot of your friends are late talkers and they could be even in their teens or adults in their 20s and 30s or older and you want to help them learn how to share their wisdom with the world without feeling judged, without feeling whatever, to empower them to embrace spoken language, show them how easy it is to shift the amazing, vast ideas that are going on in their minds into spoken language. This is where our platform is going. We're not going to engage in the war anymore. We don't fight with people who are stuck in their methods, who don't see improvement and ignore the fact that people are leaving these methods. They're trying to change them. They're trying to make, I just had someone send me um, a, a pitch to be on my podcast who has this great kind ABA system and he sent me examples of it and it was literally like reward a child for putting food that they don't like into their mouth. And I don't get it. I don't understand how we need to make kids do things that they don't want to do based on our expectations. And it doesn't make sense to the kids. It doesn't make sense to the parents. But this guy completely felt like his strategies are valuable and worthwhile. And he wanted to come on my show to talk about them. And he can't see because he's very in his own lane doing his own things, pitching his own outcomes. He's definitely in that number two category where he has seen real improvement with kids through this verbal behavior, verbal manipulation, verbal exchange kind of situation. He has seen improvement and is really excited about that. And it's because he doesn't know the value. He is not maybe a parent of a child who was late talking, who really understood the value. And if he's exchanging things for his child and not finding that connection, is he truly happy with his child? This, These are the things that I don't know. These are the things that you know about your own situation. And so it's really important that you find your lane. Now, I have resources to help you learn how to do this, whether you are a parent, whether you are a wannabe language facilitation practitioner, I know that there are parents around the world, not just in the United States, not just in Florida, not just New York, California, they're in Australia, they're in Saudi Arabia, they're in Europe, they're in the UK, they're in Asia, across Asia and India, Pakistan. I know that there are parents out there desperately looking for providers who can come and help them. People who know about child development but don't want to stick with those um, artificial controlled experiences. They want to use social methods to work with kids. If you've been trained in method one or two and you want to learn about method number three, I can show you how to do that. There are places to learn how to be a social language facilitator. And this is how you do it. You just visit wavesofcommunication.com.
Instagram. You look at the options I have for coaching. And if you're interested in working with me, then you book a call or you buy my course or you read my books or you watch my videos or you learn how to do it on your own because parents are looking for you. And if parents are looking for me, if you're looking for me to coach you to help you be that's how you also visit wavesofcommunication.com because the war over speech is only won by you as the parent taking control over this situation and seeing your power as a language facilitator so that you connect through social language. These are all evidence-based. All three of these are evidence-based, including social language development. Just look up Barry Prezant. He's probably the most widely published social language um, practitioner that ever did studies and all of that stuff. And remember, if you're hearing that someone is putting you down based on what you're doing, whether you're doing one or two or three, that's up to you to decide whether that influence is more important than what you're feeling in your heart. And if what you're feeling in your heart is different than someone else who's trying to change you, just tell them no thank you and stay in your own lane. Because we're all, everything, is every mode is different. Every child is different. Every family is different. Every need is different. And there are choices for you. So don't get in the way, in the war. The way to win the war over speech development is to find your way that works for you. Don't worry about the other people. Stay in your lane and learn what you need. If you want to learn about social language development, visit wavesofcommunication.com. With a whole range of Waves of Communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.